Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Thursday, October 26th, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. We're going to keep this intro to the Beckler and Shauna Pisscast pretty quick because you got to get out of here, Shauna. Yeah, I have to go and get my car looked at. I'm, I'm finally switching over my winter tires, which a couple days too late for this weather, but I'm excited that's happening. And I'm then, surprised yeah. they could get you in right now. I know, I know. Uh, it's because I don't go to like one of the... Tire shops? Yeah, I've got like a friend who's a mechanic, and he uh, actually, he phoned me, which was super nice of him a couple weeks ago, because I store my tires at his place. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this time of year, they bring out all those tires, and he saw mine and was like, hey, I see we're expecting snow next week. You might want to. I was like, genius, yes, let's do it. So, a little too late, but still good. Do you have the the winter tires mounted on a separate set of rims? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, so Are they just like easy. black steel rims? Yep. Yep. They, uh, yeah. Oh, no, actually, they have... They look like full, like they're not the ones, they have hubcaps, so. Oh, okay. If that That's makes, easier. If that makes sense, yeah. to get the tires remounted. Totally, yeah. A lot I don't have, expensive, too. We don't have uh, winter tires. We just have like the, the winter rated mm. all seasons. Yeah. I think the winter tires are substantially better. Uh, just because of, I go to the mountains, as you know, every single weekend. So yeah. when I got my car, I... I asked for, I was like, I'm going to get just a new set of winters right off the bat, too. Mm-hmm. So makes it a lot easier when you're driving through the crap, I find. And it, yeah, it's <laughs> difference between this vehicle and the shitbox. Oh, When yeah. I was trying to drive that thing in the mountain, I was like, I don't know why I didn't get a car that was better for mountains earlier. <laughs> because the amount of stress that it takes off of my life, like I understand it, ice is ice, blah, blah, blah. But just, it really makes a difference. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's about my dad and I have talked about winter tires before. And, you know, he he made the point that, like, it's it's not very often that you're driving on... Like icy, snowy roads in the city, at least because the they because yeah. they clear like it, after the first snowfall, obviously, or if it snows a bunch, or if you get freezing rain or whatever, then yes. But for most of the winter, the roads are bare, right? They've yep. been salted, they've been they've been plowed. Yep. But I mean, for you, if you're going up to the mountains all the time, you're always on winter always, roads, right? Always, always, always. And as you know, like I've been stuck in, I've been stuck and in, snowed into places because of how much snow falls. Mm-hmm. Like it is without fail that if I go to a Go to a ski hill. I'm gonna be dummied by snow and some sort of whiteout. And what a curse! Yeah, I'm, well, exactly <laughs> right. Although it's so funny because we've talked about this before. My boyfriend Cliff is terrified of driving in the mountains and in bad conditions. And when he lived here, again, it was like Murphy's Law that we'd get stuck in these whiteouts, and he just would be white knuckling it and grabbing on that old shit handle. He hated every moment. Just of it. covering his eyes. Like oh a yeah. Kid. Like if just I can't see, it. it's not happening. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. On today's show, we are going to talk about winter driving snobbery, which absolutely exists. Totally. Uh, what else do we have on today's show? We included today's pop-up audio, because I thought it's a pretty big song right now. Mm-hmm. Talk about the lowest voices, the lowest singing voice ever. Yeah, this the, is crazy. Yeah. You can almost not hear it. It's nuts. Depending on how you're listening to this, you may yeah. not be able to hear it. 
the goat of top hats. And something just hilarious that the Oilers are doing right now after your out of context clip. Wilt thou bestow upon me the level, good sir? The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Friend of the show, Fred, sent us this email that he got from the Oilers organization. And I'm not sure why he got this email because I'm 99% certain he's a Flames fan. But uh, regardless, uh, he sent it to us because he was just like, this is Terry's, this is Terry's dream. And when you read through this email, the Oilers have Terry absolutely locked down. It's talking about all the giveaways and things you can win and all that kind of stuff. And let me just read this off to you. Oh, my. It's for the 50-50, isn't it? Uh, it starts with the 50-50 and then lists off a bunch of other oh, stuff that okay. you can win, like early bird draws and just things that you can win if you go to an Oilers game, essentially. Because um, the only thing they love more than the Oilers in Edmonton is a 50-50 draw. They, just, they live for it up there. And that's what it kicks off with. And obviously what's <laughs> happening here is the Oilers aren't doing very well. So they're like, we need to get Terry to the game regardless of what the team's doing. So we're going to try and entice him. So first of all, it says, buy $100 worth of 50-50s and you get 50 bucks right off the bat. So they're trying to encourage you so, to buy 50-50 tickets. So you get 50 bucks back if you buy $100, I don't get it. So that's what they, they're they saying. And when you look into it further, it's in the term in, in terms of a couple of promotions. So oh, okay. it's $25 in Boston pizza gift cards, which, again, of course, Terry loves Boston pizza. It's his favorite It's his yeah. favorite for sure. <laughs> and then the other one is $25 in like betting money that you can use on one of the betting sites. So okay. there you go. Uh, and then it drops down to the early bird prizes and stuff you can win as well. Uh, four... Four tickets to Kiss. <laughs> is then that's one of, right that's one of Derry's favorite bands. Holy hell! For- <laughs> and they know this, right? So four tickets to Kiss, uh, and then just five thousand dollars in cash, which is great as well. I mean, Derry always loves money. Uh, and then you go down and you can claim your fifty-fifty collectible cup. So usually, so it's not an Oilers cup. It's no, a fifty-fifty no, cup. <laughs> So you, usually a collectible, reusable <laughs> cup would feature, you know, a certain player. It would be honor of an alumni, uh, Connor McDavid. So they have a, a feature cup that is featuring the 50-50. You can get oh, oh a my God. cup that just says 50-50. Who wants that? Do they sell 50-50 jerseys at the team store? <laughs> the, That's the, probably next. Like, it's I'm here, be... I mean, yeah, I don't mind the Oilers. I'm mostly here for the 50-50. Let's you, be real. Where's your 50-50 merch? <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like a hat, well, please. The Superior Cups are over there. Do you want a number on that jersey? No, 50 is a number, <laughs> dummy. Holy hell. Oh my! The I mean, you, we almost couldn't write down. this any no, better, could we? Like, no, you can't make well, this crap up. Third early bird prize: a snowmobile helmet. Honestly, fourth early bird prize: a giant F Trudeau flag. Uh, like, yeah. no, they did better than we could have done. A even carton if we were, of darts. That's <laughs> really <laughs> carton of darts. A carton of darts, and we got it all. Holy hell. The 50-50 cup is the funniest thing in the world. I need one. We need to get oh somebody's God. getting us one. Please, someone get us 50-50 cup. I didn't know this. I just learned this recently. There is a subset of carpentry called theatrical carpentry. Strangely, I feel like I have heard of this before. Yeah, people who, they build the sets and stuff. And You're keep, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And it's, that's just kind of what they do full time. Yeah. So it's a like, busy job. Yeah, and it sounds like it'd be kind of a fun job, too, totally. depending on what you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for movie sets and TV sets or in theater, they build... Sets. They build the sets. Crazy. Um, but when I hear theatrical carpentry, that's not what I think of. 
I think of a, just a, just a really dramatic mm-hmm. carpentry crew. I'm picking up what you're putting down here. <laughs> Hath yeah. anyone seen my nailer? Wouldst thou bestow upon me the level, good sir? Thou doth retrieve the table saw from the trailer. That is mine, foot you nailed upon, <laughs> you ragged war. We got talking about top hats yesterday and uh, how ridiculous it is to wear one around these days. And it got me thinking. It was like, what would be the most iconic top hat? Who would be the most iconic top hat wearer of all time? The goat of top hats? The goat of top hats. Now, we can go fictional, non-fictional, that kind of thing. Okay. You and I kind of were riffing some yesterday, and I was like, there are a lot of fairly iconic top hats and top hat wearers. And I'm like, I wonder what the goat would be. What would the most iconic one be? We mentioned a few contenders yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to rehash those, uh, Scrooge McDuck. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. The Monopoly Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would add the the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. Okay. There's a lot of really strange actual top hats in Alice in Wonderland. Those are all fictional, though. In modern days, it'd probably be Slash. Yes. I was going to say Slash and his top hat definitely come to mind right off the bat. Tom Petty wore some to- top hats, really? too. Yeah, he was, a, he was a top hat wearer in a... What? Am I, am I missing misremembering that? He's, no, he's, there's a few photos of him in a top hat, for sure. Yeah, he had some top hattery that was going on in his <laughs> his days as well. But again, Slash, I think, outweighs him because both of us immediately went to Slash. Yeah. Um, um, Les Claypool has worn a top hat, too, at times. Mm-hmm. But again, Slash is probably the more famous top hatter. Yeah. Top hattery. Um, Throughout history. Um, I would say maybe Lincoln. I was going to say that. I was wondering if that would be the most iconic, would yeah. be Abraham Lincoln's top hattery. He's one of the most recognizable people, maybe ever. Yep. And he was he was super tall, and then he had the top hat that he wore, which would really added to his height, yeah, right? Yeah, like, even taller. Even taller. Super yep. tall top hat. Yeah, and what was of course, he for, like 6'4", a buck 40 or so? Yeah, and didn't his top <laughs> hat get lost? Oh, in I'm history sure. or something, and then was recreated. Yeah, after his assassination or something, his top hat went missing. So that Someone I mean, took a souvenir. To adds his- to the lore of it as well, which, I mean, uh, t- to be honest, I would too, right? That thing is very iconic, needless to say. Surprisingly, we don't have more examples of this, especially considering, we've talked about this before, this country exists because of the top hat. I know. Like, if it wasn't for the fur used in top hats and the fur trade, yep. many of us might not be here right now. And we've so, talked about how that's why mad as a hatter is a saying, because yes. then there was the mercury poisoning from making top hats. That's what was happening, is people who made top hats were going going crazy because so of the poison. Yeah, so all that considered, you'd think we've had we've had some more prominent yeah, examples. you really would. But is it no. because too many people wore them at a certain point, so they all just blur together? Because it was a big fashion statement for a, a long time. Like a hundred and some years. So maybe that's it. It's just, well, everybody wore it, so it wasn't distinct. It became more distinct as it faded out, so... Are we in agreement, though? I think it would, it would be have to be Abe. Abe Lincoln? Or the planter's peanut. I mean, him and his top hat. Hey, mm-hmm. I, never thought, I never thought of that guy. Him too, right? He's nude otherwise, isn't he? He is. See, all he's got is a top hat. Jeez, yep. that's a statement, isn't it? <laughs> I wonder what McKenna would think of just a top hat. Now, let's start. Let's bring that back. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Etymology with Shauna. Bit of an odd etymology request here for you, Shauna. Okay. But my older son, Bo, who's eight, he was asking me why 11 and 12 aren't called one teen and two teen. 
Because we have 13, 14. Hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah. not 13 nope. or 15. It's nope. 13 and 15. The other ones are all the word plus teen. But then 11 and 12 are their own things. Yeah. That's a damn good question. Never really thought about that before. So I looked into it. So 11 comes from the old English word endelfan and 12th. So that was what they were before that. And even before that, they were ainlif and twalif. And lif means left. So what it was, was ainlift meant one left after 10, and twalif meant two left after 10. So then you'd wonder why we wouldn't have three lift, four lift, five lift, go with that. Well, when numbers were first developed, we really didn't have a need to have numbers beyond 10, really. So when it did start going a little bit higher, we'd get 11 and 12, but they thought, okay, we we only need two more. So <laughs> Okay, we're good now. There can't possibly be any more than 12. Yeah, and that was it because back then, remember, people didn't really, you didn't have education either. So 12 was good because you could actually count it on your hands. 10 was easier, but then 12, they were like, you would count knuckles and stuff. So 12 was kind of where things ended. <laughs> And it was easy to divide by 12 as well. So 12 was kind of where we stopped for a long time. And that's why after that, when we progressed and we're like, oh, we're going to have to come up with a little more robust numbering system than just 12. Oh, man. I don't know why I think that's so funny. It's hilarious. Just like, okay, we've solved the 11 and 12 problem. That's all we, we should need. be good just for a while one, now. One more, one left after 10 and then two left after 10. We're, st- we're good now. And yeah, then one more it. guy showed up and he was number 13 and they're yeah, all like, God's uh-oh. Sakes. Here we go. Uh-oh. You just ruined the we whole system. didn't foresee this happening. No. What are we going to do now? <laughs> Jeez. In your mind, are 11 and 12 part of the teens? No. They're part of the same decade. Yep. They sit in a weird little island in my mind, though. I'm like, you're weird. And then you get into the th- teens and you're good again. But they're strange ones. They got their own lunch table in the cafeteria. They do. Yeah, they're the There's they're the, the odd ones out. Single digits? The peculiar ones. Does 10 sit at the single digit table in your mind? No, 10, I think, is still good. 10 sits with yeah. the 9 because it's still a nice yeah. even number. And then 11 and 12 were... We don't know which school they came from. They were probably homeschooled. And you're like... They're eating a weird lunch. They're by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's organic. It smells funny. Etymology with Shauna. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Apparently, in some, like, the primitive cultures, they only had numbers for one, two, and many. Like, that was the only things they needed words for when it came to numbers. Because you didn't really need to count back then, right? So they'd have one, two... And then I lost count after that. Many is the rest. I guess if you didn't have currency or anything. No. But even then, I mean, imagine you're being invaded by an enemy tribe and your scout comes back and says, there's an an army over the hill and they're ready to attack. You say, how many are there? And he says, many. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I need to know if it's three or if it's a thousand. It's going to make a big difference here. And they probably had generic, you know, words for groups though, right? Like, so it would be... (laughs) A bunch, a whole shitload. Like, there's ways of saying it that way without having to individually count them. But, yeah, it's funny. Like, How many? Like, many or many? Many, many. Like, oh, many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> many, many, many. Many, 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 many. Oh, many. <laughs> yeah, and then they break into song, obviously. <laughs> Am I wrong in thinking that uh, numbers were originally Arabic? Like, the numbers that we use... I think so. Come from Arabic culture? Yeah. There were Roman numerals before that. Yep. Right? Yep. I'll have to look. I don't know. I thought I, like early math was an Arabic invention. Probably. Invention. Yep. Before that, we were just like one, two, and... Many. More than that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there's still a few people out there that I think count that way, so it's good. 
Well, if you're building or buying a home, you're going to need to be able to count higher than two. Um, the cost of a house would fall into the many category. Well, unless you just have a really good accountant, they can do all that for you. <laughs> But you get great value with Shane Homes. They're building in Sirocco at Pine Creek right now. Paired homes. You can go in there and do do the yell test to see how quiet these duplexes are. Yeah. This community is located in the southeast or southwest of the city, I should say. Sorry. Just south of Silverado, kind of in the Spruce Meadows area, if you're familiar. It's a beautiful country out that way. Uh, learn more today at ShaneHomes.com. Shane Homes. The better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was listening to a song by George Ezra yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Man, he has a pretty low voice." Hey, like I don't know if he you... does. And if you look at him, it doesn't look like that voice would come out of that guy. It does not at all. And this wasn't the song. The song was some one where he really played it up. But just a quick clip of. I feel your head resting heavy on your single just... bed. I want to hear all about to get to all of your chin. He's just got this like this low register, right, mm-hmm. in all his singing. And I was it kind of got me thinking about the rock and roll low voice and who else has a super low bass or baritone voice like that? And there's a bunch of ones that you could toss in there. I mean, it depends also if you want to go raspy because Tom Waits, you know, um, July Talk, even yeah. those are two that would go with that raspy side. But then even like the national Matt Berenger. Oh, the yeah, NASA. that guy's way down there, isn't he's he? He's got a really low voice as well. And I was like, you toss him into the mix, too. There's some people who just have a naturally low voice like that. You know Barry what I mean? Barry White? Oh, he- My darling, I can't get enough of your love, baby. Barry White. Oh, Barry White. I'm going to have to listen to some Barry White. Um, but- the guy who sang Chocolate Rain on YouTube? <laughs> Chocolate Rain. <laughs> um, as I got thinking about this, though, I actually came across uh, the man who is registered as the lowest singing voice ever. Really? Yeah. I, I figured it was it, it would be somebody from some of like those choral baritones, you know, like the people who sing... baritone in a choir like they can make some crazy sounds with their voices they definitely can this guy actually got the guinness book of world record for registering the lowest note ever uh his name is tim stones now the problem is is that that note is one that you can't hear so So how do we know is he just lying to everybody they could gauge it but i have a clip of him actually singing and just listen to this like It's wow. funny. It's almost hard to listen to. Like when I first listened to this, I was like, oh, that's almost so low that like it disappears. It does yeah. by the end there. Like here just. It's a growl. Like it at one point almost cool. becomes, you know, a growl from music. You're like, holy crap. But as I listened to it more, I actually was like, I think I really like that. Like that's an amazing voice. I wonder if he could also get voice work voicing like movie monsters and stuff with You'd a voice like that. So, right? I mean, he's the only and he's the lowest in the world. Like somebody somebody would need that voice. I wonder, like, depending on how you are listening to this right now, how that sounded, because I got my headphones on. Mm-hmm, me too. And, and it like vibrated my brain a little. I know. <laughs> well, if if you've got something in your car that's, you know, some loose change somewhere, that voice is probably rattling <laughs> The Beckler and Shauna podcast. We've been doing this segment, Pop-Up Audio, almost as long as we've been a show. Which is crazy, because we've been a show for what, like seven years More now? than eight? 
Holy and I looked hell. it up and we started this segment like seven years ago. So it's wow. one of the oldest segments we've done on our show. Crazy. And it's in honor, of course, of the old pop-up video show that was on VH1 in the States and much music here in Canada. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've ever got a request for pop-up Pop yeah, we've audio. never even thought to ask for requests, but it's really cool because Nicole was like, yeah, we need to know the the origin of this certain song. And we're like, yeah, we can absolutely do that for you. So this pop-up audio is a request from friend of the show, Nicole. Audio. I'm remembering, I promise to forget you now. It's raining and I'm calling drunk. This song tells the story of a guy trying to get over his ex, but then he gets arrested and, in a moment of weakness, gives his ex's number to the police as his one phone call. Noah Khan says the story is not autobiographical. Noah says he felt like he was losing his mind after the success of his first single, Stick Season. He felt enormous pressure to live up to that single and said he constantly felt like he was wasting this opportunity he'd been afforded. A fan online nicknamed Noah Khan Folk Malone, and now there's a version of this song with a verse featuring Post Malone. The first single that Noah Khan had that actually took off was Stick Season, but before that, he actually had two full albums. Thing is, they were pop albums. He admits that's not where his passion was. He said, I'd be going to these sessions in LA and New York, and I'd be so exhausted and burnt out trying to make pop music that I would just go home and write folk music on my own. Audio. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Well, it's scary moves, movie season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize this. Did you know that there are now six screams with a, a seventh scream on the way, apparently? I did not. I I didn't either. I think I stopped maybe at scream two or three, one of those. Like, I, I watched a few of them growing up, and then that was it, really. I think I maybe I saw one. Or at least part of one. Maybe not even the whole not thing. Not even the whole thing. No, I don't remember it very well. I remember the one very famous scene where she's on the phone. Interesting. Because growing up, I remember distinctly watching at least the first one. Yeah, and it was a big ordeal. And I think maybe the second one after that, though, I don't really remember. But uh, what I didn't remember, do you remember Courtney Cox's bangs in Scream? <laughs> I can't say I do. do I okay, just... so they changed. To Google Courtney Cox bangs, Scream 3 in particular. Okay, I saw this post and it had a bunch of photos of different versions of Scream. And if you look Whoa. at Courtney Cox's bangs and Scream <laughs> oh, 3, man. they are the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Like they are. Is that a home job? That is, I don't know what that, that's scarier than the movie itself, I think. Like if you think the movies, those things are horrifying. <laughs> oh my goodness. Holy, it's so funny because when I started Googling this more, Yikes. she actually, she acknowledged how bad those bangs were well, a couple of years not? ago. 
saying like she thought they were awful too. <laughs> what in God's name happened to those things? Honestly, unreal. They're the, they're, it looks like an accident. It looks like she had a serious accident with a barbecue. Okay, <laughs> like it, it looks like her forehead has a mustache. They're so short. You know, I always think that the shorter the bangs are, the more aggressive you are. They're so short, it looks like she is going to murder you, probably with those bangs. Oh yeah. It looks oh, like yeah. it looks like her <laughs> forehead has outgrown the bangs. Is what it looks. I don't know what was going on there. Like she killed a walrus <laughs> and she hung its kind of head above her forehead. That's what it looks it's like. It's mustache. Me. It's terrifying. Those are awful. Honestly, I have never wow. seen something so bad in my life. But there you go. It's going to ruin the movie for you if you wanted to go back and watch the Scream series. Three, no, no. Skip that one. I mean, I have the controversial opinion that nobody looks good in bangs. I think only two people in the history of the world have ever looked good with bangs. Who are those? Zoe Deschanel. Oh, okay, yeah. And Cleopatra. Mm, yes. That's it. That's that is the only two sets of bangs that I've ever was like that was a good choice. I'm a little neutral as well. I don't think they ever enhance the look of somebody. No. I have to be honest. These things do the complete opposite, though. They are horrifying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they did it, though. They're like, it's a scary movie. We're gonna scarify your bangs too. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was chatting with a dude on the weekend, and we got talking about how old we are. I don't remember how it came up. It was- <laughs> So sounds like a little kid conversation, doesn't it? Yeah. And what's, what's your age now? Show me in fingers. I'm seven and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. But anyway, he was in his late 30s, and it, he mentioned that he thinks it's going to be weird to turn 40. And I, I kind of pressed him a little more on that. And yeah, why? It's like, why 40 specifically? And he said, well, he said, I very clearly remember my dad's 40th birthday. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, and I hadn't thought of it like that, but he's Mm -hmm. right. That is a weird landmark when you can remember how your parents were at your age. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're quite a bit older than me. I'm I'm older by eight months, by the way. But your parents are older, right? So you wouldn't. You're not even close to having memories of Mm -mm. them at your age, right? No, which is nice. Uh, for this reason, because yeah, that concept is a little bit weird to think about. Very weird. Yeah. So I'm 34. Yeah. And my dad, when so when he was 34, I would have been six. So I have almost like no memories from that time, just very vague ones, right? Yeah. But I I do distinctly remember my dad's 40th birthday too. I remember the party that my mom threw for him. Yeah. I can remember the invitation. I remember what the invitation to his 40th birthday party looks like. I remember my so, mom's 50th, and okay. again, they had me when she was 40. So that's why I was 10, and I remember she. I remember she was absolutely devastated because her sisters put all those dinosaurs all over oh, her lawn no. and did the whole old but not extinct <laughs> sign. My mom was horrified, absolutely horrified because she didn't want the neighbors knowing how old she was. And I re- So I remember that, yeah. That's mm-hmm. so funny. I know. Cruel prank. <laughs> Cruel prank, yeah. <laughs> you can't really get mad about it. No, no. That's like, but that will be weird. Yeah. Like when I turn four, I'm like, man, I remember my dad. See, even like thinking of my parents at my age now or even a little bit older like mm-hmm. they seemed so much more mature so much more adult than I feel seemed you know? is the key word there yeah. because right you always just put things into perspective and you're like oh yeah and they probably felt just as totally just like I do now right yep yeah, but there's there's a really funny tweet that went around a little while ago, and it said, "Did you know all your parents' haggard old friends from your childhood memories were in fact 31 years old?" <laughs> I did see that tweet, yeah, and that's, that's so, so true. Because when you so remember those true. people, oh yeah, everyone's like smoking and stuff. And yeah, like, you put them on this this like, pedestal oh. of oh, geez, old, and now you're like, that's me. That's how they look <laughs> at us now. Potentially younger, even. 
wild to think about. Oh, don't spend too much time nope, thinking don't. about it. It'll mess you up. <laughs> Again. So I've just been holding off forever. Well, my glasses are in such bad shape that I finally had to bite the bullet because I can't see through them anymore. Like one of the lenses is crazy glued and then I got the crazy glue through the lens and then it's cracked down the middle. Oh, nice. I really actually can't see through them very Strong much. Look. So I was, I was finally like, all right, it's time to get new glasses. So I went to the optometrist and I was looking for the cheapest frames possible. So uh, the receptionist is nice and they always help you find the ones that they think look nice on you, right? So she's going through frames with me and she's like, oh, these ones really fit your, for your face. And then she asked the other optometrist and said, what do you think? And they narrowed it down and we came up with these ones that I was like they look fairly nice and then the actual optometrist the dude that you know actually checks eyes he walks by and they were like oh look like we we found some new glasses for Shauna and he looks at me and he pauses and just goes those will do <laughs> and then just kept on walking <laughs> and I was like well that's cool like I mean I know that these are the cheapest option of glasses they're still $400 though and now immediately you looked at them and you're like those will do and I don't I don't ever want to wear them again I'm like cool can I get a bit more man can Just I a- <laughs> Like, you should know to at least lie. Like, if you don't like them, don't say those will do, okay? Well, yeah, those are glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you, you have a baby and on. instead of saying they're cute, just that's a baby. Yeah, yeah that's what he was doing with the glasses. Th- those will do. Holy glasses. Hmm, cool. Yeah, thanks. So, so now, now I'm never, never going to wear them out. Yeah, so I mean, again, at least they're good for when I'm at home by myself, but I'll never wear them out because he didn't like them. He's got to work on his salesmanship there a bit. He really hey? does, <laughs> honestly. And again, it's not like it, they were still 400 bucks that I just dropped on these things. Those will do. I guess next time I'm going to have to go for the $1,200 ones so that he can approve of them. Get a bit of a reaction out of him then. Yeah. Hey? Rather than a those will do. <laughs> Thanks, jerk. And Shauna Podcast. Netflix has this ad running regarding the series Life on Our Planet right now, which uh, have you watched any of that? No, I don't think I have watched that one. So it's narrated by Morgan Freeman. And it, it looks beautiful, but I it is truly unfortunate, Beckler, because I just can't listen to Morgan Freeman's voice with respect anymore. Like the minute I hear this and it's it's beautiful and again and we're talking about species that are, you know, extinct and that kind of thing, and then I hear his voice and all I expect is him to start talking about panties. You know what I mean? Man. It's awful. You've ruined this for me forever. Me? (laughs) You're part of it too. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I was part of it. We have ruined this for the rest of time, and we're just going to continue. But listen, I have a little clip of this ad here, and again, sounds great, and then I'm just like, where's panties coming in? Like, There are more than 10 million species of plant and animals alive today. They are just 1% of all species that have ever existed. Like I always, instead of species, I'm like, panties, you mean? Like there are more than 10 million panties. But only one of them wears panties. Right? And then just at the end here, I'm like, what about the panties? Reveal the most extraordinary story of all. About panties. The story of life on our planet. Life in our panties, you mean? This happened so long ago, we should probably give a bit of context again. We probably should, yeah. During the Me Too Movement, and when all of these celebrities were getting exposed for their past, you know, misbehaviors, yep, and worse, um, there were accusations against Morgan Freeman that he had behaved inappropriately with. I think there were like eight women that accused him. Yeah, uh, and he had like asked to see their panties and stuff. There was one interviewer who said he uh, he was talking about wanting to see her panties, which just and the we, word panties. Just, we thought that was like. 
I mean, like you said, his voice is so famous. Yeah, He's got it. one of the best voices ever. And then you said, bad days. Show me up, Andy's. Show me up, Andy's. So every time now we hear his voice, like, I just can't take him seriously anymore. It's just too bad. There are more than 10 million species of plant and animals alive today. They are just 1% of all species that have ever existed. Like, I just, every time I'm just expecting him to say panties, you know? Like the end of the right reveal now. the most extraordinary story of all. About your panties. Your panties. And also reveal your panties to me, Morgan Freeman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna podcast. We got a message yesterday from friend of the show, Patrick, saying, have you guys ever done winter driving snobs? And Patrick admitted that he is a winter driving snob. That's really funny. He looks at everybody after the first snowfall of the year and feels a sense of superiority to their driving. Absolutely. And it's funny because just before that, we got a message from Jamie asking if we'd done winter tire snobs because of the same thing. She was like, some people who just don't feel they need them and like to brag about it. I'm like, yep, uh, we haven't done that yet, but they would both fall under the same umbrella. Yes. And we do get super judgmental at this time of year, don't don't we? Oh, don't we ever. (laughs) We love it. We Mm -hmm. really love it. Yeah. I think most of us are winter driving snobs when it comes down to it. Oh, look at all these idiots out here. I have never made a winter driving mistake. (laughs) This is obviously your first time driving in snow. Cute. (laughs) Unless your vehicle is a light tank with four-wheel drive and a dedicated set of rims and winter tires, what business have you on these roads? (laughs) Well, I actually grease up my tires on snowy days just to prove I'm the best driver in the world. (laughs) I'm sorry, can you please drive faster if you're that stupid? scared you shouldn't be out here but not too fast only my speed is acceptable (laughs) oh you're afraid of a little white out are you that's where i shine i blindfold myself and use the rumblings of the howling wind to guide my vehicle (laughs) my vehicle vehicle. Beckler and Shauna podcast. You could almost consider this like a bonus heritage moment. Oh, fun. Um, there's this art installation downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, first Street there's and 6th Ave. Yeah, this yeah. this one, one in particular, this public art installation. Whenever we drive downtown, my kids always point this one out and make a big deal about it. It's you, I think everyone will know the one I'm talking about. It's the group of tall, skinny, naked people. Oh, yeah. In a, they're standing in a circle. I think there's like 10 of them and yep. some babies, too. It's terrifying. And they're like 21 feet tall. Yeah, it's a little it, mm-hmm. it's a little eerie. Yep. So I was like, what is the story behind this installation? Like, what does it represent? What like What is it? Where did it come from? Uh, and CBC did a piece quite a few years ago all about this this art installation, and I learned a lot from them. So it's it's called The Family of Man, although it's also been known as the Brotherhood of Mankind. Okay. And they were sculpted by this Spanish dude for the 1967 Expo in Montreal. And they were displayed there as part of the British Pavilion. And so I guess when you walk to the British Pavilion, they were supposed to represent sort of like Britain's great contributions to the world. This is actually a clip from a promotional video from Expo 67. Mario Armengol's towering figures symbolize the dominance of man as visitors move through the shadowy hall and listen to a commentary on Britain's role in the modern world. Okay. So then after the Expo, they were purchased by a private company and they were donated to the city of Calgary, I think, as like a tax write-off. And when they arrived, 
there was no information on how they were supposed to be arranged or anything. So oh, no. people were like, all right, I guess we'll just throw them in a circle and they'll they'll look like a family instead. Like a bunch of Ikea furniture, just oh, mountains, toss it together. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. kind of open to interpretation. Oh, so so we put them in a circle. That was in 1968, and I, so I didn't realize they'd been there that long. Yeah. And I guess at the time, there were quite a few people who weren't very happy with this. Install- I mean, public art is always controversial. Of course. But the fact that they were naked. I think I remember hearing about and people were like, they're grotesque and it's appalling. And like they were using very, very negative language yes. in regards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean. I mean. They are naked. Lots of art is naked. So that's fairly prudish. Yeah. But the dongs are quite prominent on those things. Are they? Oh, man. This my kids pointed it out. I never really noticed, but they're like. I was gonna say I don't think I've taken a good look at the pork nuggets on those things, but I'm gonna have to go back and just <laughs> yeah. double check there. You can see their jalopies. That's what the boys were saying That's in the back really seat of the funny. vehicle, and you can if you walk by and look now. You're like, oh yeah, real big kilt lifter on that one. Okay, they spent some time sculpting the jalopy for sure. As they well, you should, you know. Okay, <laughs> they're actually that that arrangement of statues is the logo for the Calgary Board of Education which I had never noticed before. Oh. If you look at their logo, it's quite clearly those statues. Yep. Um, it's also a bit of a strange choice. But very anyway. st- well, because the, the old Board of Education building was right there. Ah, oh, that makes so sense. It's kind okay. of right outside. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. art is open to interpretation, of course, and everybody has strong opinions on public art. I think they're super creepy. Yep. Yeah, those things are, they are. I th- I don't think anyone would disagree with the creepiness no. of those things. Yeah. I've I've never walked past them at night, but I imagine walking through there at night is probably really creepy. Oh yeah, we should totally be lighting those up in a really spooky way during this yeah. season, just to really freak people should, out. And then really light up the dongs. Yes, yes, definitely. Like <laughs> alien the- bodies, those Slenderman bodies, those Victor Wembanyama bodies, and the Goblin Screamers and all of them. Just <laughs> you've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes, offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X 92.9 Monday through Friday, six to ten a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome. It allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f*** they're going to say f***. Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.